Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Ben! Hey. How are you doing on this week before Christmas? Yeah, real good. Everything's fine in the world. Is How it, are you? You don't sound don't like know. it's fine. I, it's, it's just, it's been a long week. I don't know. How so? Go on. Talk to it Papa. Just, in general, I don't know. It's just the state of the world. It is what it what? is. Um, also, I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. We just talked a week ago, so we, we, <laughs> we have this problem again. Nothing happens anymore. I don't have anything to say. I know it's true. Uh, since the last time we talked to each other, I have had nothing go on. Uh, it's Christmas, Ben, and I'm going to be of good cheer. Is your is your village set up? Nope. Christmas town? No, because we're not having Christmas. I'm not uh, getting together with anyone for Christmas. Oh, okay. My kids need to quarantine because they're going to go see their mom's parents. Uh, and the parents said, quarantine those kids before you bring them up here. We don't want to get sick. So they're quarantining, which means I can't get together with my family on Christmas <laughs> Eve or anything. And so, yeah, everything just kind of deflated after that. No Christmas town. Uh, didn't even put up a tree or anything. So it's just been kind of uh, poopsville around here. Doesn't feel like Christmas, Ben. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. What's with you and the, the state of the world and all these big, vague statements you're making? I just fucking told you. There's a virus. We're in, what, month nine of not being able to live a normal life? Uh, well, yeah. Well, is it it's getting it's you down getting, now? Getting you seem more depressed now than you were uh, two weeks ago about it. Like the pandemic's hitting you now, nine months in? It had to eventually, right? Here we are. All right, fine. Well, there's hope. Uh, there's vaccine. Someday we'll get it, which means someday you and I could do this in person again. Won't that be I nice, know. Ben? It will be. I want to see what you've done with all the egg cartons I gave you. Oh, it's carpeted in there with egg cartons. It's oh, everywhere boy. now. It's amazing. I don't need any more. I don't know where I'd put them. I have one from uh, some eggs I just finished off, and I got an egg carton I don't know what to do with. I guess I'm just going to recycle it. So nothing else exciting going on? Uh, women in your life? No, that's on pause. Okay, fine. Uh, I, I don't have interest in that right now. There's, I, I need to focus on me. Oh, do you? I thought a warm body for the winter was part of you focusing on you. Yeah, well, I guess I just needed that for a few nights, and I was fine. I don't know. They'll tide <laughs> me over for a while. <laughs> what are you going to do for uh, the holidays? Are you going to see any of your family? Not doing a goddamn thing. No, I can't see my family. No. I, I go to I go to work every day. I, I'm exposing myself to God knows what there. I'm not going to kill my parents. Oh, all right, fine. Uh, so what are you going to do? Just sit around and drink by yourself on Christmas Eve? Yeah, except for the drinking part, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get Tom and Jerry's. I'm not going to get wasted, but I'm going to have Tom and Jerry's. It's a Christmas tradition for me. I don't have a Christmas drinking tradition, I guess. I, so, I don't know. Maybe I'll have a glass of wine with whatever I... I don't know if I even feel like cooking. I'm just going to order a fucking pizza or something. I don't know. Oh, Lord. This is a depressing year, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Oh, my week? Nothing. Have I already told you that I've taken up outdoor walking in the winter? Uh, no. Is that, is that a big deal? I don't know. I thought that was normal. It's a huge deal, Ben. Oh, okay. Well, good for you, then. <laughs> I uh, bought, like, one of those weird underlayers of clothes. So it looks like you're wearing spandex. It's creepy. Uh, okay. It's for people that ski and stuff. 
Uh, so I bought some of that, and I bought better gloves and a better hat and a weird muff for your face or whatever you call it. And uh, I, wait, wait, you, you've lived in Minnesota your whole life, and you didn't already have this stuff? No, because I'm not a survivalist like you. Apparently, do you got canned food stored away somewhere in your apartment? No, I also just don't have frostbite ever because I have winter clothing because <laughs> I live in Minnesota. Well, I don't go outside that often anymore as an old man. Uh, I'm only out briefly to get into my car and then go drive somewhere. Uh, so I bought all this stuff because uh, I'm sick of being in the house and I'm sick of walking on a treadmill. So I go out and I take a walk outside in the cold. And it's been uh, pretty thrilling to be out. you have a treadmill? Yeah, I got a treadmill. Huh. Is that new? Yeah, it only costs like a couple hundred bucks. It's very small and flat, and you can put it underneath your couch or your bed. And uh, so, yeah, I walk outside uh, in the cold. It was like 10 degrees out, and I walked out for two hours, and it never bothered me. But that's my uh, that's how I try to stay sane, get out of the house, by walking out in the cold. That's literally all I have since the last time we talked. I know. I, I There's nothing of note that happened to me this week, uh, except... Uh, well, I stumbled. Uh, should we talk about Quincy, the the book boy? I stumbled across on Spotify. Who the fuck does this kid think he is? Yeah, Quincy, the book boy. Yeah, is he uh, the book boy or is he a book boy? The screenshot you showed me. It shows. It says, "What does it say? Book boy. I'm Quincy. I'm the book boy. I review books." Hello, my name is Quincy, and I am the book boy. This is a <laughs> podcast where we review books. <laughs> he so says we. I, I'm, yeah, I'm confused. Is it one person or is there more than one person? I don't know. Who's this we? I know. In the screenshot you showed me, their first yeah. episode says The Book Boys, and then it's like uh, what Lord of the Flies or whatever. Lord of the Flies, yeah. Also, First of all, Quincy, it, consistency you... is key in marketing. Yeah, is it a boy or boys? I know. Exactly. Uh, second of all, like how, what, what sort of review is this? The, uh, the length of that episode is three minutes. How, how did he review Lord of the Flies in three <laughs> minutes? really three minutes? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Lord of the Flies. There's not much to say about it. Well, it's more than three minutes worth. I mean, it's, I only know. A classic. It it's, it's for Quincy's English teacher. And if the English teacher, it, it better be an F. I, there's put some effort into it. <laughs> three minutes. Come on, Quincy. First of all, do a little fucking research and come up with your own goddamn name. instead says stealing ours. <laughs> and then put some effort into the fucking Lord of the Flies. It's a classic. Okay. It, it takes more than three minutes. You fucked, Quincy. You fucked with the book yeah. boys, and now you've, yeah. gone to, you've entered into this house of pain. Yeah, you're right in now. a world of shit, Quincy. Who the fuck do you think you are? You're in the Thunderdome now, motherfucker, uh, and we are going to battle. I, I kind of thought I was more of the Tina Turner character. No, no, I'm the big oaf guy, and you're the tiny little man on my shoulders. I'm like, oh, don't, you is, can't kill him. He's just a baby, and you show my face. Is my mom Tina Turner? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen your mom. How are her legs? Isn't that what Tina Turner's famous for, is her legs? <laughs> can I get a picture of your mom's legs and I can make that decision? You, you cannot get a picture of my mom's legs. Fine. Should we go into reviewing the book? I don't know. Has uh, Quincy been warned? You've been fucking warned, Quincy. Better back the fuck <laughs> off. I'm going to monitor it pretty closely. I couldn't actually find yeah. it. I don't know how you well, found that, it. Well, that should be pretty easy to do considering the episode is three minutes long. I'm sure you'll be able to squeeze in the time. Fucking Christ, Quincy. Three minutes? That's the best you could do? <laughs> The Lord of the Flies. Yeah. A classic. You're a fucking child. You could come up with more than three minutes worth of material. What, what else do you have to... It's not like you have to go to work. You're too busy furiously masturbating all day long because you're 15. <laughs> For fuck's sakes, Quincy. God damn it, Quincy. It's the, it's the Lord of the Flies, Quincy.
Well, let's move on uh, to the Backyard Blast bird blurb. Of course, because we do that every episode. We would never just skip it. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> starting over again. <laughs> oh, I'm starting to sweat. Well, let's move on to the Backyard Blast bird blurb. Yes, I think that's everybody's favorite part of every episode. So let's do that. Yes. Well, does Gretchen have anything for us this week? Uh, the week of Christmas. Uh, she actually doesn't. Should we just move on to the book review? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. For people that are listening who are not going to hear our previous conversation because I've edited it out, I screwed up. Yeah, good luck with that. It's going to take you a while. And I went straight to it. Well, let's talk about the book. And then Ben got all mad because we're skipping over Gretchen's segment. And I forgot about it. And he just won't let it go. So there, I said it, Ben. Now tell us what Gretchen has to say. Can we move on with our lives? Well, are you saying that just for my benefit? Or are you going to leave that part in? You're going to edit that part. How how do I know that? You could just edit that out. Nope, it's staying in. Are you happy now? Can we finally do the Backyard Blast Bird Blur? We spent like 15 minutes doing this. Don't, don't fuck with Gretchen's segment, okay? God, just talk, just do it. <laughs> you know what? Like, we, we came up with this format that's been working well. well I, forgot. Format. It wasn't in front I thought of you had your out. notes up in front of you. Oh my God, this is the worst Christmas ever. Are you going <laughs> to tell us what Gretchen has to say or not? The eastern bluebird was once nearly eliminated from Minnesota due to a lack of nest cavities. But they have made a remarkable comeback because of bird enthusiasts who have put up thousands of nest boxes. They are easily tamed and will come to a shallow dish of mealworms. They will perch in trees or on fence posts and wait for grasshoppers. They have a distinctive truly, chur, truly song. The young of the first brood help raise the young of the second brood. (laughs) Your mom has finally hit on what makes a great bird blurb, which is weird details like a shallow bowl full of mealworms, which is something no one's ever going to have around the house. And then uh, getting you to make a bird sound with your mouth. Uh, Yeah, I have questions here. So what is a lack of nest cavities? What the fuck does that mean? Like what? Why do people have to make? But like, where were they nesting before that? Like, oh, is it there's no more trees or like what? I don't get it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't get it either. Uh, and also, if you make a birdhouse for them, is there something specific that only that bird is going to go house in there, or is like any bird going to get in there? And then what's with the the young of the first brood help raise the young of the second brood? I mean, that's all fine and dandy, but like, where where are the parents? Why aren't the parents raising the second brood? And who's who's raising the first brood? At what point does that first brood ever get to retire themselves? It's uh, it just starts a chain reaction of yeah uh, responsibilities know. that this bird can never get out of. It's like the TV show Party of Five. Maybe the parent birds died and then, like, <laughs> Matthew Fox essays everybody. Well, she got any jokes for us? I imagine they're Christmas-themed. Yeah, they are. I'm a little disappointed because I, I thought she was going to give me knock-knock jokes because she loved how that went last week, but she didn't. Did she? So, <laughs> so awkward for me. But she's Go got on. a whole slew of Christmas jokes here. There's fucking four of them. Oh, wow. Well, let's rifle through them. Why was Santa's little helper depressed? (laughs) Because he's basically a slave for this tyrant? Because he had low elf esteem. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) All right, what's the next one? 
What did the gingerbread man put on his bed? Cookie mm. sheets. Oh, that's cute. Cookie sheets. What do, you, what do you get if Santa goes down the chimney when a fire is lit? I don't know. Crisp Kringle. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a kind disturbing of mental image. Yeah, like what the? Yeah, that's wow. a little harsh. Yeah. Geez. All right, last one. You rifle through them. There's only one way to get through these. Just list, just go. Do it. Oh, for thanks, mom. Um, I'm assuming this is from her husband. I don't know. Hmm. What's the difference between snowmen and snow women? <laughs> snow snowballs. <laughs> Oh, I like to think Gretchen came up with that one. Where she's like, ah, I'm going to spice it up a little bit for my boys. Well, maybe she did. I, I'm sure her husband approved of it, though. So, All right. Well, let's move on to our next segment. Yeah, what's, what segment is that? What's up? New books for teens. That slap. <laughs> That'd be, that's what's up. New books for teens that slap. This week's book, Mayhem and Madness, The Chronicles of a Teenage Supervillain by J.A. Dauber. Uh, about Mayhem and Madness, Bailey never meant to be the bad guy in the bulletproof robotic suit, but with every mission, he gets closer to finding his father, and he can't stop now. <laughs> Wait, what? It makes no sense. But we'll keep reading. Uh, Bailey is a pretty average teenager in a pretty average town. He runs track, gets decent grades, and has an unrequited crush. So that uh, what is his super-powered flying suit is a computerized armor doing 20 feet under his boring suburban home. Bailey needs to know where it came from, if it belonged to his long-missing father, and most importantly, if it could be used to bring his dad back. This lightning-fast adventure, inspired by classic comic book tales, pushes a good kid to his limits and questions the difference between a hero and a villain. One day, he's getting beat up by the captain of the football team, and the next day, he's robbing banks on Fifth Avenue, stealing diamonds from Tiffany's, and zooming through aerial dogfights. But how much as bad is Bailey willing to do to bring his dad home safely? For fans of Iron Man, superhero stories of dark humor. Uh, this comes out January 12th uh, of 2021. So there you go, Ben. That sounds like a horrible clusterfuck of a story. Uh, yeah, it does. I, um, I have zero interest in reading that. <laughs> I just love the opening paragraph. He never meant to be the bad guy in the bulletproof robotic suit, but with every mission, he gets closer to finding his father. <laughs> yeah, that's... Like, uh... It's like, what? What's, kind of, what's going on here? It's like a train wreck. All right. Can we move on to the next segment? Can we finally review the book, Ben? <laughs> Yeah. This week, we read Helicopter Man Pounds Dinosaur Billionaire Ass by Chuck Tingle. Uh, published August 29th, uh, 2015. I got some random stuff about uh, the author, Chuck Tingle. Yeah, is, is any of it true? Mm, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. I just In April 2016, Space Raptor butt invasion, 
was shortlisted for the Hugo Award for Best Short Story in the prestigious Hugo Awards for Science Fiction. Uh, this stemmed from a campaign by the alt-right group Rabid Puppies. Uh, however, Tingle disavowed the campaign, saying his Twitter account that it is the work of devils, and that if this book were to win, video game designer and anti-harassment activist Zoe Quinn would accept the award on his behalf. His story did not win. Tingle subsequently published a book called Pounded in the Butt by My Hugo Award Loss. Another thing being, during Donald Trump's presidential campaign, Tingle created the website uh, TrumpDebateFacts.com, which purported to fact-check various imaginary Trump claims, mostly attempts to hide attempts to hide Trump's supposed non-human origins, such as, I am not a poorly disguised mass of crabs wearing the skin of a bloated human. Tingle also released the book Slammed in the Butt by Donald Trump. <laughs> Attempt to avoid accusations of plagiarism by removing all facts of concrete plans from his Republican National Convention speech. That's another uh, title of his book. And lastly, 2017, Tingle was nominated for a second Hugo Award, this time for Best Fan Writer, uh, he did not win, but later published a book called Pounded in the Butt by my second Hugo Award nomination. Do you got anything about Chuck Tingle? Uh, no, I didn't. No, I'm sorry, I don't. I, except, I mean, I could just read the about the author from the inside of the book. Uh, Dr. Chuck Tingle is an erotic author and Taekwondo grandmaster, almost black belt. He's from Billings, Montana. After receiving his Ph.D. at DeVry University in Holistic Massage, Chuck found himself fascinated by all things sensual, leading to his creation of The Tingler, a story so blissfully erotic that it cannot be experienced without eliciting a sharp tingle down the spine. Chuck's hobbies include backpacking, checkers, and sport. <laughs> Just sport. I don't have any fun facts because there's not a lot about this guy. Uh, he has two podcasts, and he talks in a crazy southern accent. Let's see if I can pull one up. Supposed to be afraid of their way, and really, they're just uh, they're just uh, moving on to another town just because someone rides a lonesome train. I mean, you gotta be scared of them. Yeah. So this Halloween, I'd like to make an official uh, declaration. Oh, okay. What? Ghosts are no longer scary. That's official. It's that for like forty-five minutes. That weird, wacky voice. Which, as a guy who's got his own podcast where he does a weird, wacky voice, <laughs> but his writing is interesting. Uh, I got some examples of his book titles. Yeah, please. Anally Yours, The Unicorn Sailor, uh, shared by the Chocolate Milk Cowboys. Professor T-Rex teaches me gayness. Happy birthday, Frankenstein, now pound my butt. Seduced by Dr. <laughs> Bigfoot, attorney at large, and then a whole series of pounded in the butt by my own butt, followed by pounded in the butt by my book, pounded in the butt by my own butt. Then another book, pounded in the butt by my 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 own butt. And then finally, my butt is comforted by the realization that I am okay and everything will be all right. <laughs> so he's got a thing. Uh, do you want to maybe overview the book, Ben? The, the plot, as it were? Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck was this? <laughs> Jesus. I, I don't know. This is going to be hard to summarize. Um, so we, we opened on uh, John Hams, who's a sex addict. But and like I didn't get uh, 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 anyway, he's at this like sexaholics anonymous meeting. He has a problem with fucking billionaire dinosaurs. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then there's something he's also a scientist and he works at a lab that makes like nanobots <laughs> and they like turn things into helicopters um, 
Anyway, we discover a little bit of his backstory. He's divorced from a, a T-Rex. Um, <laughs> and the, uh, one of the other sex addicts is a uh, stegosaurus named Yorb Kilcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so their their paths cross there, and there's other guy. What's that? Four four core? I don't even remember Forbach? what that guy's name is. Forback, yeah, yeah, Forback. He's one of the other dinosaur sex addicts. Um, so anyway, there's there's an accident at the lab where uh, John Hams works at. He gets some of these helicopter nanobots into his body somehow. So now he's like half man, half helicopter. Yeah, he can transform which, back and forth. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is my segment. <laughs> um, <laughs> So anyway, but like this lab he works at making the helicopter nanobots, it's like they're they get government funding, so like it's a big deal. Like oh, their like technology is getting away. Um, and then also like this helicopter persona that he takes on is a huge slut. So um, <laughs> he's like I don't know, goes to the bar to get some action, and then he's also like fixated on Yorb though. He, he thinks he's in love with Yorb or something. Mm. And then they uh, he's uh, they go to Vegas for some reason and. <laughs> Because they're like addicts, so they figure they should go to Vegas to overcome their addictions. Because that's I don't I didn't understand their logic there. Uh, they get into a bunch of trouble there. They're they're kind of on the run. They they end up at this computer store in the middle of the desert, run by some guy named Buck Trungle. Yeah. And then that's when they start breaking the fourth wall. Yep. And uh, they manage to shut down the nanobots, so that's good. But then like the nanobots come back, like but without the just they're just like existing outside of this guy's body and they're just like yeah. the helicopter again. Mm-hmm. Oh the helicopter's name is Chibs Pratt. I should have mentioned that. <laughs> so anyway, then it turns out that like John Hams needs to like re-merge with Chibs Pratt to like turn himself into this superhero called Helicopter Man. And yep. Yeah, and then that's kind of how the book ends. It was fucking weird. I, I don't yep. know. It was just... The world is occupied by, from what I can tell, humans, mm-hmm. dinosaurs, and then, like, super sexy helicopters and jet planes that are, like, <laughs> sentient or something. I, I don't yep. get it. And I don't understand... Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it, I guess, but I don't understand <laughs> the mechanics of all the sex that was happening. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, so, talking about what happened... It's apparently so he's written a uh, obviously a ton of books like that list I gave you was just a small sampling. He's been writing like 50 books a year, basically, since 2015 or 2014. He's created this universe, I guess, making. Oh, wait, wait, of, wait. I'm sorry. Is it a universe or is it a tingle verse? That's, you're right. It's a tingle verse. They refer As to we that found the out when they broke thing. the fourth wall. At the end yeah. <laughs> and so basically he's a universe. A, a universe is where dinosaurs exist. And you can have sex with them. And that helicopters and jet planes, basically, I forget they call them like sentient objects or something like that. Yeah, just like living objects, I think. Wasn't it? Weren't they just called living objects? Yeah, living objects, something like that, where they exist and they have jobs and you exist alongside them and you can have sex with uh, them. And that, Yeah, but they're also just like regular planes. They talk about like one of the jet planes fell in love with one of its own passengers. Like, what the? F- Wait, like how? I know. I, I don't thing. understand how, like, how big are these? Pla- like, what? There's like, uh, there's so much that didn't make sense. Well, there's a ton that doesn't make sense because, like, a dinosaur is huge. But I guess that's kind of, in a way, I liked how weird it was because he's writing erotic fiction. I think he's just making fun of erotic fiction, is what my guess is. And so he's writing erotic fiction where you don't have to have rules or explain anything because what's the point? It's just about the sex, I guess. So he, but the thing is, he's not a bad writer. So when he's writing about John Hams and, well, um, I mean, if we ignore the, the fact that the book is rife with spelling and grammatical errors, but other than that, yeah, yeah. I, I had that 
too. I just figured it was probably like the ebook I got. But yeah, I saw that too. But also, he's kicking these things out insanely frequently. I don't think he has an editor, so he's just kind of like well, finishes yeah. it once, overs it, and sends it off. And I gotta say, like, it was kind of a fun book. <laughs> like, it's just like. Absolutely. I, I, I was like kind of a fan of it just because he writes about the characters Yorb, Kilcorn, and John Hams. They meet at the sex addict or sex anonymous or whatever. And their interactions with each other and like how Oh, I should mention to- like it didn't uh it didn't come up in this book specifically, but apparently in this world also there are unicorns and, and Bigfoot creatures. Yeah. Yep. Um, so he writes about these characters meeting each other and being attracted to each other, but also having this addiction that they're trying not to get in on or whatever. And the way he writes about it isn't horrible. Like, it's kind of well done. And then, like, as they're getting to know each other over coffee and stuff, uh, and they're like, he's, he's, John Hams is talking about why he left his husband. It's because he started cheating on his husband with, like, some other guy or a dinosaur or whatever. But then his husband, the dinosaur, I forgot his that husband dinosaur's name, bursts in. Wasn't it just like Walter che- or something? Or I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But he bursts in and discovers him cheating. So he just eats the other person he's having sex with and was about to devour <laughs> John Hams. So it's like without explaining how you can have a sexual relationship with a giant dinosaur, he does at least like show the terror that would come from being in a dinosaur relationship. <laughs> but then it's like when he's talking with Yorb, Yorb is a stegosaurus, but he's still wearing like a really nice form fitting sweater and he's got great abs and a great chest. Yeah. It's like, wait, how? <laughs> and then when they like, when he does eventually have sex with Yorb, he talks about like his penis and everything, but it's as if it's like normal size, but also it just conveniently can be, he can be gigantic at the same time. There's no rules and he's not following it, but he does still write a sex scene between them. And every sex scene after is basically the same thing, nearly word for word. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he's cookie cuttering the sex scenes, but just replacing things. And then like the thing that killed me was when he can turn into a helicopter and he, it turns out he's a really sexy helicopter. And, of course, this helicopter somehow has great abs and a great ass. <laughs> Which I was like, but he doesn't explain how that works physically. Just, like, just has them. And, and like, a huge cock also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he escapes from the lab after this happens by flirting with one of the dinosaur guys who happens to be watching. It's Everyone's gay, too, apparently, in this thing. So, it's yeah. like, this dinosaur is in the security room and where the video footage is of him getting taken over by the nanobots, and he doesn't want that out there. He doesn't want anyone knowing that he's, like, part helicopter now. So, he goes to flirt <laughs> with the guy in the security room who happens to be watching gay porn about a dinosaur having sex with a jet plane. Yeah. <laughs> so, then he, like, there's this whole scene of, like, I like porn, too. Why don't you show me? And then he, like, st- he uses one of his helicopter blades to take the video cassette out of, like, the security thing. Thing, and then he like has sex with the guy and then like and the thing I love is that when the helicopter is saying I want you to come inside me they literally have to open one of the cockpit doors go inside <laughs> and then jerk off on the dashboard inside the, even though at other times the helicopter is the same size as the person he's having sex with yeah. at other times the helicopter is large enough for you to go inside <laughs> like, it makes no sense and it was yeah. just like I was just laughing the whole time I was impressed with how sure nothing made sense, uh, but it was still probably the most creative thing I've read in a long time. <laughs> I know, yeah. I just I thought it was just ridiculous and funny and fun, but yeah, yeah not, it, I, it didn't, I, I can't say it was like good, but like I 
enjoyed reading it. It was only well, it was, be- it was, it was only 104 pages long too, so that I don't think I could have taken like 300 pages of that. But it was short. No. So yeah, absolutely, it was short. Uh, it was and it was. I've heard I've seen other reviews when I was looking around on Chuck Tingle. People's reviews are all sort of the same, which is like, I didn't think, I mean, it's not like really, really well written, but it's better no. written than I expected it to be is kind of the same thought I had as I was reading it. Like, yeah, oh, I liked actually, it more than I was expecting. The characters, you, you actually care about the characters a little bit, but other stuff you and I have read, bit, you don't care yeah. about any of them. <laughs> I think I cared more about Yorb and John, like concerned about them when they're being chased after by the FBI because they discovered that John Hams was actually like the, the helicopter or whatever. So it's like government property, and so they're chasing after him. Uh, so I actually cared more about them escaping than I did about Bella and Edward at any point in any of those books. Yeah, I mean, they were more <laughs> likable like, than Bella and Edward. Even, yeah, even though one is like half helicopter, it's like more relatable somehow. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you don't have to really write forever and flesh out these characters. You just... The little bit that he wrote, I cared more about these characters than all the pages of exposition with like Edward and Bella. That's it's like you don't have to work that hard to just get some characters that you care a little bit about. I love that he his, the company he worked at is called Butt Corp. No creativity there. It's so uncreative. It's really creative. <laughs> I also like the the cover of the book had some elements that just weren't in the book at all, like this half naked cop and like these <laughs> villains with machine guns. Like that didn't yeah. happen. I did read that he he does the f- the Photoshop work himself, and I, uh, I mean he re- it's he repeatedly uses the same but... elements over and over. I guess on his covers. <laughs> so, like I love that on this one, the Stegosaurus is just like your classic dinosaur like it's, they're not trying to put a jacket on him or make him look human like he's just a stegosaurus like a like a plastic toy stegosaurus it's hilarious i know yeah um but if you listeners if you want to know what we're talking about just uh check out uh, house nozzle on instagram where we'll have a picture of the book cover oh that's true uh well that's a whole nother thing don't let me forget to talk about instagram uh so what's good <laughs> about this uh do you have anything for what's good ben i have a couple quotes that really uh, crack me up yeah, like I said, it was it was just fun in general. I didn't, um, I, so I was a little bit pressed for time today. I didn't manage my time very well, and so I was scrambling to get done. And I don't know, there were so many. I don't have any quotes because I, I thought I'd oh, be sure. spending too much time taking notes because there were like so many. Like I laughed at a lot of it actually. So just the ridiculous quotes about sexy helicopter abs <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, for me, one term that stood out. Uh, that only came up like once or twice, but just broadcast itself to me. The term stego shaft. <laughs> I laughed every time I saw that. Uh, one quote uh, being, not wanting to waste any more time, I turned around to face the handsome, rugged man and then slowly but surely began to open my helicopter doors for him. He's holding my doors closed now, keeping me from revealing myself entirely. But instead of pushing me away, uh, the two of us just stand there, locked together. I can feel Yorb's dinosaur heart thumping in his chest, clearly trying his best to keep it together around such an incredibly uh, attractive vehicle. Uh, another one being, Harder! I scream back at him, never more turned on in my entire life. Fuck my helicopter asshole harder! <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe you don't have anything. Uh, I got a couple more quotes for What the Hell. These stood out as uh, more weird than normal. Uh, do you have anything for What the Hell, Ben? 
I the well, I mean the whole fucking book was what the hell. I was, yeah, I know. It's like, kind of hard to define like yeah, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> between the two. Well, one quote I have is Come all over me. I demanded fiercely, doing my best porn star impression. Shoot that load all over my cockpit. I open my doors and watch as Yorb immediately climbs inside, positioning himself before the control panel of flashing lights in the cockpit. Do it, I scream. Shoot your load all over the inside of this hot helicopter. (laughs) Another one being, I pause for a moment, grappling with the reality of what I'm about to say, because I love him. Love is for suckers, Chibs tells me with my own mouth. Let's have some fun. <laughs> and that's something we probably didn't really point out. As he can turn into the helicopter or turn back, <laughs> he finds out it's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing where yeah. the helicopter, which named itself Chibs, is kind of like a separate part of his personality is busted out. So Chibs is like the evil, more devious, well, not evil, but more devious, just like wanting to get laid all the time, calls himself Chibs. So towards the end of the book, he's really having a standoff where Chibs is taking more control and ruining his life and ruining Yorb's life. Uh, but yeah, I love that Chibs tells him with his own mouth, let's have some fun. <laughs> I've made a commitment, I explain. I'm only going to pound a dinosaur billionaire's ass if it has a real deep meaning. <laughs> and you don't feel that with me, the Stegosaurus questions? <laughs> Take off your pants, I instruct, which Yorb does gladly. <laughs> now what, Yorb asks. Now you better buckle up, I tell him, because you're in for a bumpy ride back to Vegas. <laughs> Immediately, I adjust my molecular structure and create a massive, thick cock that propels upward from the seat beneath yours. <laughs> my dinosaur lover lets out a yelp of shock and pleasure as my helicopter dick enters him. <laughs> like, just, oh, I love that! Like when the when they're at Butt Corp and they're trying to um, create these nanobots, they're doing it on mice, and. Uh, but it's like helicopters that are developing these nanobots to turn other things into helicopters. And so they're doing it to mice I, or whatever. But he I, gives know, I guess that was my first what the fuck moment was like um, right at the beginning of the book when John's in the butt court balls. Yeah. And there's like those two technicians like changing door locks. It just becomes apparent one of them is a helicopter. Yeah, he doesn't really like point it out or explain it because you're yeah, just, it's just like it's just like his name is Kevin or something, and like his buddy Jimbo, they're on this two man crew changing the door locks, and then also it turns out like Kevin's a helicopter. I'm like, what the? Oh, hell? I wonder if that's like quote I have. I have one quote because I thought the names were hilarious, but just how casual. Because you're right, you, they don't really explain like this person standing next to a helicopter. You just kind of learn it as you're reading, like in the scene, like yeah. oh, I think that's a helicopter he's talking to. <laughs> But it's pretty early on in the book, so you're not really prepared for the helicopter part. Uh, so they hired us knowing that you were a helicopter, and I had to convince them that you could handle it. My ass yeah. is on the line here. Got that? Be professional. Got it. Jumby confirms. Yes, Jumby. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, boss. Good, Dan says. Now get out of here and fly straight home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was my first real what-the-fuck moment. Like, I knew there was going to be dinosaur sex, but... I didn't know there was going to be, like, living helicopters. I thought it was, like, a helicopter pilot. I didn't realize it's an actual helicopter when I got the book. Also, what was the... T- they didn't really explain the uh, the whole billionaire part of the dinosaurs. Are are there a lot of billionaire dinosaurs? It was weird. Well, again, I don't know. The billionaire part if, just was weird. If we read more of these books, maybe, maybe some of this stuff's explained in earlier books. Or maybe it's I'm, never explained ever. You're just supposed to accept that there's... Dinosaurs out there, and they're all incredibly wealthy. Uh, anyway, I'm not reading. I, as much fun as I had reading this, I don't see myself being a regular consumer of Chuck Tingle fiction. Uh, not a regular. I could see myself reading another one uh, down the road. But yeah, it's. Uh, 
I think trying to read through all God knows how many hundreds of these would just be <laughs> like draining after a while. You probably get yeah. too used to the jokes. I think the first the first Chuck Tingle you ever read is so shocking and weird that it's uh, delightful and enjoyable. Well, uh, for the next segment, anything about this suck, Ben? Uh, I can't really say anything sucked. I, I didn't expect I, much out of this. So I, I yeah, no, I'm kind of in the same boat. I can't. I mean, it sucks trying to explain it. It doesn't make much <laughs> sense. But like, I don't know. It doesn't. I wouldn't say it sucked. It, I. It's weird because it's like it's not good, but I can't say anything like bad about it. I know. Well, I think it's because like the title is like, okay, well, the guy's trying too hard to be funny. Uh, we'll see what this is. It's not going to be good, I'm sure. But then also you're like, oh. No, it's just weird, and it's kind of like a weird ride. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. And I, I think so. the author is in on the joke. I mean, it's clear oh, absolutely. Yeah. that Chuck Tingle doesn't think he's uh, Shakespeare or anything. He's just, I think, yeah. much like we do this podcast, mostly to amuse ourselves, I'm guessing Chuck Tingle just writes these books to amuse himself. And yeah, yeah. I have, to res- have to respect that. Yeah, and he doesn't... Um, Besides not setting up or following any rules involving helicopters, dinosaurs, or jets, uh, he also doesn't follow any rules about, like, the narrative, because when they, like you said, they go to the computer store to try to uh, get the nanobots to be disarmed or whatever, uh, the computer store person talks about how we all live in a universe created by the Great Tingle, and just goes on, like, but then had this whole thing about, like, when he pushes a button, it destroys that universe, but there's more universes or something. And, yeah. And it's just like, he just put that in there for himself and whatever. And it was just kind of interesting and funny. But I have to say, like, even the nanobot, like, he took the time to try to explain how the nanobots would work, which is more than I expected. Like, he took the time to explain how we're all made up of just uncountable amounts of atoms that create who we are and how we start walking around and we, we are conscious and we have sentience and stuff. So they're creating nanobots that attach themselves to every single atom. That way you keep your consciousness, but you can change shape without becoming a whole new person. And all this stuff, I was like, wow, I'm surprised he took the time to explain all that. And it wasn't completely <laughs> like made up garbage. It's just sort of there. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of interesting. So, yeah. Um, well, should we move on to the part where you read something? I couldn't find anything sure. that I could have that I'd want you to read. Um, Unless you yeah, want to I read got, a sex I got scene. A, <laughs> I got one picked out. We'll see how it goes. Oh, good. Okay. My transition between personalities is no longer within my control. Oh, fuck. I managed to stammer. <laughs> the next thing I know, I'm transforming into a massive, handsome helicopter. My <laughs> blades breaking free from the chair below me and smashing it to pieces. <laughs> Randall is completely awestruck by both my incredible transformation and my equally incredible body. His <laughs> mouth hangs agape, eyes firmly drawn down towards my ripped abs. <laughs> you going to keep staring like that, or are you going to be a man and touch them? I ask in a voice <laughs> that's not my own. Randall looks conflicted, a professional torn between his job and his hardwired sexual compulsion for nice abs. <laughs> Trapped within the body of Chibs Pratt, I suddenly realize that if I don't defend myself against capture, then he will. We share one another's cellular structure, taking turns as we rent out the being that was once solely my own. But with sharing comes a commitment to preservation, at least until I can find a means of shutting him down for good. Stop this, Randall says slowly and carefully, as if forcing the words from his mouth. Chibs lets his massive, engorged cock hang down from the bottom of his hull. You don't like me, he coos. <laughs> Randall shakes his head. Stop. 
Shibs <laughs> beckons towards Randall with a blade, coaxing the man to come closer and closer. <laughs> sure enough, even he is unable to resist the charms of such a perfectly shaped aircraft. The man takes two steps towards us as we tilt back on our boom tail, exposing ourselves to him completely. Would you like to give it a suck? Chibs asks. <laughs> Unable to resist such an incredible helicopter cock, Randall nods and climbs down to the floor, now crawling towards us on his hands and knees. <laughs> Chibs places our blades on the back of his head and begins to pump Randall onto our throbbing dick when suddenly <laughs> he uses all of his force to propel him down onto the floor with a loud crack. <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, that. That's another thing I loved about those is he kept talking about specific things like the the tail, whatever the term is for the actual shaft of the tail or whatever, like how they had to lift it up and move it out of the way to get inside his ass and stuff. <laughs> oh, that was great. I uh, found myself getting oddly quiet and just letting myself get whisked away into that moment that you were reading, Ben. Yeah, it was magical, wasn't it? Did, what, would you... Would you say you experienced a, a tingle? <laughs> I, oh, I experienced a tingle. The worst part is, well, let's, uh, let's move on to the wrap-up. Okay. Well, Ben, uh, yeah, I was reading this so my daughter is really into playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And yeah. so she's down in the living room playing it for hours and hours. But it's like, I got to read this thing and get it out of the way. So we're going to record at night. So I'm sitting there reading it and just cracking up. And she's like, what's so funny about it? I'm like, I can't tell you. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I'm not going to explain a helicopter phallus. But did you know that at the end, at least in the ebook version, uh, there's like a short story about having sex with a 747 jumbo plane like a jet oh uh, what now at the end of the book there's like this addition of like a sneak peek into some other story and it's like this guy who's having a fear of flying because of bad turbulence and then like the the plane that he's in the 747 starts talking to him and it's like its name is keith and then they start flirting and <laughs> keith actually plays blackjack in vegas as a way of making money like he counts cards or something so they go off to vegas together and then like decide to start a life did you see any of that no it's another situation. So I have a couple quotes from that because it was just really short and so hilarious. Um, uh, so after spending time on the beach together, uh, where he like, there's a whole scene where he's applying sunscreen to his metallic hull and stuff. But in this story, he's still gigantic, like huge. So Keith is like, I don't know how I'm going to get the sunscreen all over you. You're, you're massive. And he's like, just do it, baby, or whatever. So they, there's this whole erotic scene of that. And then afterwards, they start having sex. And then Keith says, come inside me, Keith repeats. I walk over to Keith's doorway and climb into the empty airplane, looking up and down the long row of seats. How about I come on these chairs, I ask. You want me to shoot my load all over your nice first-class chairs, I ask, stroking my cock frantically. <laughs> God damn, I want you to come all over the captain's chair, Keith demands. Go to the cockpit. <laughs> but then Keith puts it into his butt. So it's like apparently Keith got small again and started having normal sex with him. It's just so weird. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Amazing book. Would I recommend it? Probably. Uh, to depends. someone. Yeah. If they're like, yeah, I want to read something weird. I'd say, I got the book for you. Uh, but beyond that, I enjoyed myself. It was fine. It was weird. Uh, it's it's weird how um, I don't 
feel one way or the other about reading a sex scene in this book at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I didn't find myself uh, like, oh, boy, this is uh, this is steamy stuff. I shouldn't be reading. Like, nope. <laughs> just like was laughing the whole way through. I know. Yeah, yeah. I would recommend it under very uh, specific circumstances, I guess. Uh, uh, I wouldn't recommend it broadly and generally to anyone, but... Uh, do you think your mom would like it? Would it make a great stocking stuffer for her? <laughs> um, I don't know about that. Uh, m- mom, let me know if you want to borrow those. I'm just like, now I'm just imagining my dad reading it. Where he's just kind of quietly sitting there going, hmm, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. We're taking a break, right? It's going to be a couple of weeks? Yeah, I think so. We've got the holidays coming up. But I can't do anything. I just, uh, I, I'm not ready to get back into a book I don't want to read, so... Yeah, I hear you. I Let's know. take a I couple weeks. I, we, I think we took the holidays off last year, too, right? So, um. Well, I got the Libby app, and uh, I started... I saw that there's a, a book by a woman who writes about history, and so she's got a book about the uh, day in the life of living in ancient Rome, which, of course, is where I get all nerdy, so I'm excited yeah. to read that. So, yeah, okay. I definitely like to take a break so I can read my own stuff. Yeah, let's do that. So I'd say at least the next two weeks off. If we decide we want more, that's fine. But I was just thinking next two weeks off. Uh, I think we covered everything. Uh, we're going to take a nice little break. I hope everyone enjoys their holidays. And uh, uh, New Year's. How depressing is New Year's going to be? That, uh, no, why is that going to be depressing? Like That's going to be liberating, right, to start a new year? Well, no, but you're going to spend it probably by yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> other than that part of it, like starting a new year, like, yeah, New Year's <laughs> Eve, the holiday is going to be depressing. But yeah. the fact that we're going into a new year will be encouraging and uplifting. Well, with that, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, have a safe holiday. Uh, don't get anyone sick. And uh, for the love of God, stay home on New Year's. Yeah, for the love of God. No, I agree with that. It's for the love of God, stay home on New Year's. We're... We're almost there, people. There's vaccines rolling out. It just We can do it. Just fucking be smart for two more months or whatever. <laughs> Don't be fucking morons and go out on New Year's. Uh, there's all these bars in Minnesota that decided to uh, break the governor's official order and uh, just open up anyways. And there's all this video footage of people without masks just... Big shit-eating greens. Yeah, you selfish pricks. What the fuck I is know. wrong with you? Stay home. Just so and then there was dumb. a call from one of the bar owners like, well, I think it's important that we give our patrons the right to whether or not they want to expose themselves. And like them going in there, exposing themselves to that takes away that choice from everybody else that they interact with. And after they leave the bar. So fuck you. I know. It's Stay like away from the bar, you fucking morons. It's not like they walk out of the bar like, no, oh, I'm infected. Well, that's a choice I made. Now I'll go quarantine. <laughs> no, they spend the next week or two walking around spreading. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's stupid. And so they're all getting their liquor licenses taken away, which I think is hilarious. Good, yeah. It's like, way to go. You decided to stay open, and now you have to fight to try and get a new liquor license, which can take even longer than the shutdown would have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Okay, we're done. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So have a safe and happy holiday and stay home. For the love of God, stay home. If you liked what you heard on this episode of The Book Boys, how about you check out the website? Go over to nuzzlehouse.com. There you can see all of the previous episodes of The Book Boys, as well as Glenn's other project, Leaves of Glenn. Also there, there's a link to our affiliate shop at bookshop.org. It's bookshop.org slash shop slash nuzzlehouse. Bookshop.org is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. Also, 
find us and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Insta. Now, careful, this one's a little backwards. We're there at House Nuzzle. Not Nuzzle House. That's House Nuzzle on Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead and slide into our DMs if you have any praise or suggestions or complaints. We'll take anything. Please just pay attention to us and interact with us. Thank you for listening.